We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, Sanderson Farms, DraftKings picks and preview, maybe some bets a little bit later on as well, plus a quick look at the European Tour flagship event, the BMW Championship, where all the good players are playing this week, but you know, we're going to focus on the bigger contests on DraftKings and the Sanderson Farms, and hey, it's still an alternate event, it's just an alternate event to a Euro Tour event now, so we actually have quite a different field than we're normally used to seeing at the Sanderson Farms. This is not saying this is like a loaded field by any means. The top end, a little bit stronger than it has been over like the past 10 years or so. So something to keep in mind, if you want to get to a draw for 20 DK dollars, here's what you do. Smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and if you were going to play a Euro and PGA double this week, who are the two guys that you would take? Who's going to win on the PGA Tour? Who's going to win on the European Tour? And those are the odds that you go with. Also, the easiest way, actually, to get the winning draw for the 20DK dollars, subscribe, rate, and review, and download the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, five-star review, DraftKings handle, something nice about the show. That's all you need to do. Winners will be drawn live on air. I mean, I'll draw them beforehand, but I'll announce the winners live on air during my week four waiver wire show, 1 p.m. Eastern time on my Facebook page and the DraftKings YouTube channel available on demand after the fact, video, audio, wherever you can find it. Joining me to break all of this down from awesomeo.com, a regular on the golf breakdown show. It's Ben Raza. What's going on, my man? Not much. Yeah, we're uh, we're in swing season. I know we're in the thick of NFL, but there's still a little time for golf. I'm going to invest more money in golf this week than football. Football, DraftKings-wise, betting-wise, hot fire in football. DraftKings-wise, okay. not so hot. 
Uh, and if I had not only like, I usually play my 20 lineups every week in golf and go for it. Last week I decided to play five. And when you go hundred percent Neiman, hundred percent Shelton and hundred percent Hovland, and then Hovland has his usual great Sunday, uh, you start kicking yourself in the teeth thinking, oh man, if I had just expanded my player pool to some of the other guys, like Straka missed the cut on the number Landry couldn't rebound. So I'm, I'm looking at four or sixes cashing with four or sixes thinking like, this could have been such a gigantic week. And now it's probably the best week I'm going to have all season. I'll just lose money playing DraftKings golf. But I love the swing season when it comes to this stuff. So if anyone out there isn't a member at FantasyNational.com yet, uh, you might want to do it. How do you think I ended up on Robbie Shelton last week? Because Fantasy National pointed me in the right direction, especially with the proximity stats uh, that he had achieved on tour. Then I went and looked at all the web stats. I was like, yeah, this, this makes a lot of sense for me here. I like this a lot. And he was one shot away from hitting his each way for the top five, which would have paid 75 to one and bogeying the 72nd hole was not super fun around that but if you want to find out the bets the european tour you can hit the time codes for everything but how was your uh, experience with the swing season was it nice to have golf back it was nice uh you know it's a different field a new cut is going to be a thing um six of six is brutal so i, I didn't play a ton either i'm focused on nfl like most people uh but it, it was fine i mean you said it these are really good betting weeks these are wide open tournaments with the lack of win equity up top and we get a chance to roster some uh, some newcomers so it is a fun time of the year yeah watching is like anyone you listen to this show you listen to any podcast out there and it's such a huge advantage at this time of the year it's usually like a big advantage anyway playing against the regular pga slate but there are so many like crossovers from football who just demand action at all times that are investing some of their like they usually just play nfl but they see oh there's a baseball contest up oh there's a pga contest up and they're just randomly playing in these and they have no idea who some of these new players are and that's really where the advantage was last week no doubt. Uh, if you can get a read on some of the corn Ferry graduates, because as we saw, these guys, some of them are going to be competing uh, each week. So definite advantage to be had. And this, like you said, is it's not a great tournament, but it's better than we used to see for Sanderson Farms now that it's not an alternative event. Yeah, and it's not like the prize pools have, I mean, they've basically been cut in half, but like the $8, uh, the 250K best ball, there's 50K to first place. The $44 is 20K to first place. Like these aren't small prize pools by any means. And I think they're easier to, like no tournament is easy to win, but I think your win equity goes up at this time of the year. Oh, no doubt. I, I know it feels kind of, you know, when you get into tournaments with thousands of people, it almost feels all the same because it's such a lotto ticket, but these are definitely more attackable uh, and you can make a run and yeah, but that's not jump change. So a lot of money out there to be had. The BMW championship DraftKings contest. We're recording this on a Monday evening, new scheduling note, by the way, we're going to try to release golf uh, at around 8 PM every Monday evening. If that's cool with people out there, uh, we will try to get a jump start on the week and get you ready for everything that comes in. I'm going to release my betting cheat sheet on Wednesdays, like normal. My DraftKings cheat sheet will be up on Tuesdays on DraftKings playbook. If you just subscribe to my Twitter feed or my Facebook page, you'll just find all the links very easily up there. Just, want to give a heads up to everyone i mean maybe people are new to golf although what a weird tournament to jump into golf or be like you know what i want to get into the pga i love the sanderson farms this is the one they've been waiting now that we get the uh the main stage for this this is their time to shine but you know what it, it's a tournament it's a nice deviation from football which is obviously on most people's minds including mine so i'm ready to go and i'm actually pretty excited 
You hit on the top 65 in ties. Now, that's a new cut rule for the PGA Tour this season, down from top 70 in ties. There will be no more Saturday cuts and no more MDFs. That's one of the great things about this. But the 66 percentage was super low last week. Does that change your philosophy at all as it pertains to constructing lineups? Like, I don't play cash games uh, in golf or any sport for that matter. I'm trying to win big prizes here, Ben. I'm not, I'm not concerned about yeah, doubling my money. Hour, I know. Now, I'm trying to win a thousand times my money, not double my money. But when people talk about cash games, they talk about safety. And in golf, it's a bit trickier because no one's really super safe. But it feels like more of that idea could be more successful in larger tournaments this time around. There's something to that. You know, it, it's hard. Obviously, if if you knew who was going to make the cut, you would just play those guys and that it becomes more prevalent. You know, six of sixes are that much better and five of sixes are really going to be hanging in in tournaments a lot more now. So I, I don't change much. I think I'm more apt to maybe, you know, kind of be a little more risky in the sense that I, I can take some stands just because the made cut equity for everybody is going down. So I, I find myself in the short term, maybe building a little more stars and scrubs in this swing season, but that's, you know, it's anecdotal. I'm not really changing a bunch. It's just going to lower across the board. Well, even the stars and scrubs approach to this time of year, like the DraftKings pricing usually correlates really well with what the actual betting odds are. And from what I've seen so far in the swing season, that is not the case. It just players are wildly staggered all over the place. And frankly, there's not a huge discrepancy between some of the guys in the bottom 6,000s and the guys in like the lower 8,000s. It's that kind of, you know, time of the year, like you said, and just the lack of win equity up top, even when we have a couple big names. Uh, it's just not the same as a normal week. So you're going to find guys competing from, you know, all, all price ranges. And you're going to see, you know, this is the time of the year, first time winners, guys out of nowhere that win. And then they're on, on tour for a couple of years. And we wonder how they stayed. It's because they win events like this. So it's a, it's a really wide open type of uh, tournament that we're trying to break down. All right, so let's talk about the course a little bit. CC at Jackson, uh, it's the course that we do remember from being on tour. Cameron Champ was the winner last year when he went crazy with the putter and gained nine strokes on the field, which is just kind of insane when you think about it. So he won at minus 21 last year by four strokes. Ryan Armour, a male, won by five the year before, minus 19. The Gribbler, Corey Gribble, minus 20, won by four the year before that. Peter Malnati and Nick Taylor, Ken Adjan. And when we're looking at outrights here, Cam Champ won at 45 to one. Armour was 100 to one. Malnati, 150. And Nick Taylor was 200 and 50 to one now we talked about the strength of the field off the hop that where it's no longer a crossover event this is going to be a little bit stronger it felt like the Greenbrier field was a little bit stronger than it normally is too uh i would actually lean more towards a long shot not winning this event although a hot putter can really go a long way at this tournament apparently so yeah i, I mean i remember pretty well with cam champ but that was one of the more ridiculous things i've seen in a long time so that notwithstanding, even though it's a weak field relative to what we normally see, there's still a hierarchy. And yeah, the winner probably comes from the top as we work down. But at the same time, there's so many new faces. A lot of guys that are playing here for the first time, since it's not an event that many people came to, there are some guys with some history, but it's wide open. When I scanned it, it got pretty dicey pretty quickly. So it's a good tournament, in my opinion, to bet. 
Yeah, it's one of my – I love these types of fields, and I'll, I'll release the guys that I'm in on so far at the end of the show as well when we talk about the BMW PGA. Maybe we can find a double or two, but it's a par 72, uh, 7,440 yards, so you're going to get your full complement of par fives. It seems like three of them are gettable. One of them is pretty gettable. Two of them you can fluke into an eagle, and one of them you just can't get to in two. Ranked 26 of 49 courses last year in difficulty, back on Bermuda grass, and it is 156 players in the field, so it's completely – full and we have a lot of like when you think about key stats like ball striking is always going to be key but putting really pops at this one and that one's hard to project out but if you want to look at like bermuda splits putting i think that is one way to really go about it i'd probably try to avoid some of the really poor bermuda putters in the field but we saw a champ just kind of grind this out last year plowing everything off the tee and his approaches weren't even all that great it's just he'd get it on in two and he'd make a whole bunch of 30 foot putts that's how he ended up winning uh but if you can just hit a bunch of greens and regulation, I actually think that off the tee is underrated a little bit uh, at this course, even in the history of it. Just looking back at some of the players that have done really well, they're really strong off the tee. They're going to have to have a good putting week and a good approach week. But if you can play these 400 to 450 yard par fours really well and gain a bunch of strokes off the tee, I think you're sitting pretty. There's no doubt. I, you know, from what I looked at the course, it felt like you can get away with different types off the tee obviously champ was really aggressive and yeah even when he was offline he would just hit it to the green and then his putter did the work then we've seen guys you mentioned Malnati when when he was winning somewhere in armor we know that clearly you don't have to be long so it's a tournament where you're going to be able to pick your spots the par fives are gettable not a ton of eagles but certainly birdies all over the place the scores are going to be low Uh, but I like tournaments like this where it really doesn't stand out in terms of what you need to know, you know, putting is fluky. We know you're going to want a hot putter and need one, but uh, yeah, I'm looking a little at Bermuda. I, I do think that's worth taking a peek at. Yeah. You don't want to be a disaster around the greens here either. Like there are going to be a lot of birdies, but you can really cost yourself a lot of strokes around the greens. If you're not hitting a bunch of greens and regulations, tough to get it up and down. And we saw that a cripple poor Tom Hoagie last week. Like he sucks around the greens anyway, but if he had just, broke even for the week around the greens he probably would have beaten even especially did you, were you watching it at all on sunday i watched a little bit uh once neiman pulled away i kind of moved back to uh nfl well I, we were on neiman last week a lot of viewers of the show and i think just a lot of people in general hit the outright on joaquin neiman he finally broke through and shout out to drew matthews in the very first show that we did during the swing season last year he just gave a shout out to neiman of he said he was going to win the green briar next year and all of a sudden hey he ends oh. up winning the Greenbrier. The guy wins the Millionaire Maker, and then he's calling calling the shots a year in advance out. So good on Drew Matthews for that one. But Neiman almost put it into the water on 16 and somehow drove it over the water. I was panicking watching it because like he was getting a bit of yips off the tee once he had the four-stroke lead. Like You could see that it was dawning on him that he was actually going to win this event, and then it almost went sideways on him. Just poor Warinsky had an eagle putt on the no, I think it was number 12 and he four putted like it was it was bad <laughs> there were some numbers out there like you know I wasn't watching too in depth but you know Bo Hostler made a nine I believe uh on the weekend there were some maverick blew up in horrible fashion on Friday around the green so even at these easy courses it is a good point that you need to be able to scramble in spurts you know there are bunkers that protect these greens it's a little water here. You know, there's no defense for that if you go in it, of course. But you do want around the green just to bail you out here and there. 
for corollary courses, when I just scanned the leaderboards and the previous winners and the players that have done really well at this course and just tried to link them all together, Valero really sticks out in my mind as a corollary course, uh, and even Heritage and Wyndham to a lesser extent, just because that those are two courses where shorter hitters can definitely compete. But Valero just had a weird amount of crossover with this course. Does that do anything for you? I know that's bent grass versus Bermuda grass, and but it's a par, it's an easy par 72 that has like a bit of trouble. And even when we look back at Valero last year, like Ryan Moore ends up near the top. Like you don't need to be a long hitter to have a lot of success there. I just, I, I found that really strange. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's my first thought was it's bent grass, but I, I see a little of that. And, you know, the course that I thought of, and, and again, not, it's certainly not seamless because it's a much tougher track and a better field. I, I took a little of quail hollow in there, you know, the Wells Fargo. Um, if, the, if that's the case, then I guarantee you, you're betting Aaron Wise this week. That's we, I already bet him. Um, so there, there we go. And I really like him this week. So we'll see, you know, there, you probably have to be a little better off the tee, but I do think there are some, some correlation that you can take from that. And as you just said, uh, there's some players that stand out because of that to me. Uh, top 15 at Valero this year, Connors, Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman, that is Ryan Moore, Brian Stewart, C, woo, Kim, Kevin Streelman, Kucher, Byunhan Ann, Danny Lee, Kokrak, Graham McDowell, Shank, Scott Brown, Lucas Glover, K.H. Lee, and the year before, Andrew Landry, Sean O'Hare, Trey Mullenix. Oh, God, I remember that. Stupid Trey Mullenix. Couldn't get it out of right. the bunker on 17. Killing Where's, me. He <sighs> didn't Jimmy, Jimmy Walker, Zach Johnson, Neiman, uh, Ryan Moore, Chris Kirk, Andrew Putnam, Kevin Streelman, Billy Horschel, Martin Laird. And even if you look back at some of the players that have played really well at the Sanders, and now it's tough because it's against really weak fields, generally speaking. But if we just look at overall total strokes gained at the Valero, at, uh, at Sanderson's Farms over the past five years, you can find this on Fantasy National. It's Nick Taylor, Lucas Glover, Vaughn Taylor, Roberto Castro, Cam Champ, who's only played it once, uh, Seamus Power, Luke List, Patton Kazire, DJ Trahan, Robert Streb, Patrick Rogers, Sam Burns, the Bermuda specialist Sam Burns. So it's interesting to see if there's going to be any crossover to that. Maybe it's just so small of a sample since Valero moved courses that this is what we're going with. But I just kind of want to talk through that a little bit, see if it triggers anything in your mind, or maybe one of those names are the ones to really hammer down on. There's something, yeah. I mean, I, I like looking at that. It's not an end-all be-all, of course, but I, I try to take some aspects of different courses and, you know, if I look at a guy on a given week and I say, oh, okay, you know, he really struggled around the green. That's what let him down. And that's the aspect that I think translates to the week we're trying to break down. I'll weigh it certainly a little heavier where some of these courses, I throw out some of that stuff because I don't think it's going to be applicable. All right, well, let's jump into the pricing, the above $10,000 range on DraftKings, the winner last week cashing his 22 to one ticket at $11,300. Joaquin Neiman, very expensive. Snedeker is second at 10.7. Sungjae, 10.5. Lucas Glover, 10.2. Byunhan Ann at an even $10,000. I was trying to rack my mind about who I liked the most from this range, and I might actually like the $9,000 range better than this, but I was thinking like Ann's a good play, Glover's a good play, Neiman should just be able to destroy this place, but... I just look to Snedeker and think this course sets like when I talked about those corollary courses, whether it be Heritage, whether it be Wyndham, he's won at both of those. Shorter hitters can do really well here. He scores really well on par fours. And if this does turn into a putting contest on Bermuda, there's probably no player you'd rather have than Brant Snedeker. So Sneds is one of those guys, you know, all the time when you, when you look at a course and it's like, okay, you know, you're going to need to putt. 
it's tough because we just don't know. But the one thing we do know about Sneds is his upside with the putter is uh, he's one he gets when he gets going, it's insane. Uh, probably the best in the field, one of the best in the world. So we know we have that in our back pocket. Are we going to get that? Who knows? But you're willing to bank on it. His off the tee game is not, you know, that's probably the weak link, but you can get away with it here. I looked, you know, I know he's probably the obvious, especially if you're looking at course history. Lucas Glover's played here a bunch. Bermuda, you know, he's he's a Southern guy. Uh, it's no surprise that he's had some good finishes here. And I, he did have a nice kind of stretch as we got to the tour championship. Then it all fell apart, but pretty good end of last year for him. Yeah, Snedeker is sort of the same thing, too. He's 24th at the Tour Championship. Before that, 5th at the BMW, 6th at the Northern Trust. He was 39th at the Wyndham, where it was, that was just kind of strange. He was in it for a bit, then kind of went away. He missed the cut at the Open, but he was 5th at the Rocket Mortgage. And both of those are, I mean, the Tour Championship at Eastlake is a Donald Ross course, but so is Wyndham, so is Rocket Mortgage. He was 4th at the RBC Canadian Open, too, which was another sort of shorter hitters can benefit from playing here course that I think of all the guys above 10,000, I like him the best, and I don't know how popular he's going to be. I would say, I don't want to make assumptions because it is only Monday, but to me, he might be the lowest of all of them. I feel like people, you know, him and on are two guys that a lot of people expect to break through sooner rather than later. Neiman, maybe off the win, he he gets a little less ownership, but he's still, he's playing so well and the price is reasonable. And then Glover, people, first thing they do is look at course history, especially if they're relatively new to golf. So I think that's a good point with Sneds. And like I said, even just scanning over his results, some of the putting performances when he's dialed in, you know, that alone is worth some consideration. Yeah, so it'd be Snedeker for me, number one from above 11000 or $10,000. Then Neiman would actually be number two for me. Uh, and I don't even know if I'm going to end up playing him because, I, like I said, I want to attack this mid-eights, mid-nines. I think that's the level where we want to be at. The wild card for me, and it's every week considering he never takes a week off. Sanjay M, I don't know what to make of him. His stats are all over the place. He's been doing crazy work with the putter uh, just very recently. I know there was a break in between those two tournaments. He's the guy I never know what to do. If I had to pick another, it would also be Neiman for me. I know he's coming off the win, but uh, he's obviously figured it out and he's making, you know, those six, eight footers, no problem lately, just Drano. Yeah, the one thing with him, even over the past 24 rounds, uh, like 175 to 200 and 150 to 175, when I look back at the past few years, like if you excelled in those proximity ranges, you just found yourself near the very top of the leaderboard. That's just how it went. And he is 14th from 150 and 9th from 175 over the past 24 rounds. That's something interesting. I probably won't have any Sungjae. I just thought that that, that's a boost to him because he's been kind of off the past two events. He has. Um, now he he's a grinder. He finds ways to get in contention, even when he doesn't have it. He had a hole in one last week, which is a whole different animal. Um, and then, you know, Benny on, I think we all know it's tough to back him in any sort of putting competition. Now he's maybe the best scrambler in this entire field. He's great around the green, but it's just tough to trust him to make enough 10 footers to keep him in play. And the irons haven't been good for him over his past two events either. He was actually in the negatives last week. But I want to talk about these 9K guys. I'm excited about these 9K guys. So we got Scheffler at 9.9, Cam Smith at 9.8, Harmon, Connors, JT Poston. Then you got Griot, Von Taylor, Dylan Fratelli, 
Russell Henley, and Austin Cook. That's the entire $9,000 range. I've bet on Scotty Scheffler at 25 to 1. I've bet on Corey Connors, who was second here a year ago, and won Valero. Uh, he is 28 to 1 right now. And as a third, I might just go with Grillo. <laughs> Dear God. I, I thought I was going to get more of a reprieve with him. I was hoping he took the whole swing season off, but here he is. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, I mean, you know, if you look at the Tita Green stats, he should have won last week. Just insane with the irons. The driving was fantastic, too. Just didn't really putt. Uh, so there's a lot to like there. Well, He's- well. also, he probably should have won. He was T45 at this event last year, and he probably should have won. He, he gained 10.6 strokes T to Green at the Sanderson Farms last year, and he was the anti-Cameron champ. He lost 9.4 strokes putting. Like, he's not a good putter, but, like, no one is consistently that bad. No, no, that's even, even Benny Ann would say that's just terrible. So that's a whole different category, and that's not going to happen again. I didn't even see that. That was an oversight on my part. So there you go. It's even another factor to like him. He's gonna be it. he's gonna be the highest owned player on this slate. Like he might push thirty percent. I don't care. I just think that he's really good. He's clearly he won on the web like four weeks ago. He was great last week, and the putter let him down over the weekend. I just like him a lot. And now he has four par fives that he can go at. This guy fucking blasts it off the tee. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dangerous drives. See, like I said, I wasn't paying too much attention, but I was going to Shot Tracker, and he was just hitting. It was you know Hovland, Rory like lasers. So. And no problem there. The guy that I want to talk about is Brian Harmon. Mm. Uh, he, he was really helpful for me last week. Didn't really putt much. I feel like he s- sets up pretty sneaky. Well, another guy who can get certainly hot with the putter is a good putter. Uh, you know, if he holds it together with the irons and they've been looking pretty good, obviously at Greenbrier, I think more than fair price and not a lot of people are really going to be drawn to him. So over the past 24 rounds, I ran my statistical modeling on Fantasy National, and Brian Harmon rates out as the second best play. There it goes. Put it on the board. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like Brian Harmon. Not a fan? I just Every time I play him, he's a complete disaster. But That's fair. Like a lefty's already won. The Gribbler, Cody Gribble, he's a lefty here, and he's also a short hitter. That plays to Brian Harmon. But just even looking back at the past 24 rounds, Harmon is 16th on the key par four range. He's fifth overall in this field in par four scoring. He is 10th off the tee, which for him is shocking, but he's just hitting every fairway. Basically, he is setting up exactly like Ryan Armour did the year that Ryan Armour won. Yes. See, that's what I'm talking about. That is exactly what I was going to say. I couldn't agree more. And it's just, it is a little dicey. I'll, I'll, I've been burned by Harmon more times than I, I would like to admit, but I just look and it's weird. You know, I, I was talking about it at Awesome earlier today. It's more the consistency rather than the form in terms of upside. Even in his last eight, he's got four top tens, but he's got a couple missed cuts and a couple ugly finishes. So you're getting some placement points there. It's just the range of outcomes has been a little bigger than we're used to seeing. Yeah, maybe I will end up throwing him into the player pool. Yeah, I guess it depends. Do you like him better than Grio? <laughs> I mean, Grio, I'm I'd be lying if I said I wasn't still a little shell shocked from his performance at Northern Trust. Uh, again, though, how do you back him at any sort of just any course in general where you have to putt where it's not match play and they can tell him to pick? <laughs> that, that, yeah, maybe that, that should be the one tournament that we go with Grio at every year. It's like, if he can qualify for the match play, take him there. He can get all the gimmies he wants. Yeah, we can do that easily, though. Ben, you there? 
Uh, I'm there. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. It's on my end. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'm, I should be back in business. Yeah. Yeah, it's an easy pickup. I'll, I, actually, I'll just finish my last thought and you can just jump off that, all right? Perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Things are falling apart here in New York. What can I say? <laughs> hey, maybe that's the thing that we need to do. If you can qualify for the match play, then that is just the tournament to back Emiliano Grillo. Seriously, I, I just I have trouble looking to him at this point just with how bad he's been putting. Yeah, it's been a real disaster. Like, he did, just unmitigated. It's awful. He's lost... At least three strokes on the greens, and two of those were in two rounds in three of his past four events. Like it's it's been horrible, but he's just ball striking the lights out. I mean, that's what he does. Uh, there, even for me, and I'm not the biggest fan. There's no denying how good he is. Tee to green, and we always say, you know, putting, and it is. It is the most variance. It's the flukiest. Even a guy like him, he can get a hot putting performance, but just staring that in the face and knowing how many you know, makeable birdie chances he's going to need to convert. It is a little daunting for this type of price point. Even just a prime example of this, Cameron Champ gained nine strokes putting at this tournament last year over the past 24 rounds coming into this event of 156 players. He ranks 148th in putting. Yeah, And that just proves, I mean, there is the outlier of all outliers. So I'm probably going to have some just because the way he can strike it, but I am just so soured on, on, just the way he burns you with unable to convert easy, easy birdie chances. So I'm going to eat the chalk with Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to bet him as well. I like him at $9,900. You can start your lineups there if you want. But if you compare him with Snedeker, I think that's one way to get away from some of that ownership if you'd like to. But I can just see a lot of my teams being Scheffler, Connors, and figuring out the rest. Because I do like Corey Connors a lot here. I mean, Corey Connors is another guy, but he's really unlike no offense to Grio. I feel like he's making strides at least. He, I was so impressed by him, you know, late in the season during the FedEx Cup playoffs. We know how good the ball striking is. And yeah, he still has some real bad putting showings, but he makes some timely putts. He did gain uh, a Northern Trust in BMW. So no, no problem there. You're not going to be able to play all of them, but I, I imagine kind of like last week, you're going to see a lot of teams pair up at least a couple guys from that 9K range and work down from there. Cameron Smith, I think, is the big outlier at $9,800. He's there because of name value, essentially. He's lost strokes on approach in eight of his past 10 tournaments. He was 24th last week, lost strokes on approach, gained over four strokes putting. Like, he's going to be the one that no one plays from this area. Do you have the guts to go with Cameron Smith? Because I don't. No, I don't think so. And it's just, he's a tough guy to peg. He really has been all year. He just consistently loses with the irons uh and i just have a tough time with that i kind of prefer him more at tougher courses i think yeah like the short game is really really good he's an excellent driver of the ball and that does alleviate some of the pressure put on his irons but i mean it's tough like his last like truly good performance was at the open championship and i don't even trust those strokes gain numbers to tell you the truth (laughs) no they said spieth was game don't i got all sorts of issues with that is he on the, not that we need to talk about this. Is he on the president's cup? I don't think so. No, I, I don't even think like he's close to qualify. Not even clear. Yeah. That looking, scanning over his results. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's a guy that he has some pedigree. We've seen him in WGCs hang in and whatnot. I just, I'm not sure I'm there at this price point. It's funny, like you kind of mentioned, you like him at harder courses and almost bigger events. Like he plays well at WGCs yeah. and the Masters and Riviera. Everyone else, he's just absolute dog shit. Yeah, there, it's weird. There's some guys like that where, 
I don't know exactly why that is, but I, I would much rather have him going up against the best of the best and it, you know, where he's lower priced in one of those really tough prestigious events than, than a situation like this. He is on the international team for the president's cup. He had the, he, he got the last spot. It's Hideki, Scott, Leishman, Louie, Abraham answer, how Tong, CT pan and cam Smith. No day. Uh, no day. No, that's weird. Dear God. They got all sorts of issues over there. Did they straight up not qualify? That's probably not. I believe me. I've been playing him for long enough to know that maybe he didn't. But he's won like three times in the past two years, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't. You know, it's been dicey. Australia and South Africa have been struggling. Sabatini gave you know disowned them. Charles Dust, Grace's Dust. Tough times. Yeah, it's bad news. You, you got to think they take Neiman, right? Yeah, I would think so. They almost have to like you just their team is so like old and kind of crappy anyway like invest it, invest in Neiman invest in like jazz just I mean hell take Lahiri or not Lahiri uh, Sharma like just take all these young guys who could potentially be good down the road you, you saw, yeah I, I agree with that strategy why not what else do they have really going for them so we'll see about but yeah not no Cam Smith for me this week yeah maybe take Sungjae or Si Woo? Or Connors? I mean, Si Woo is the old... I mean, you know you know better than me what you can get with him. I, it's, it's They should just go team all upside and just take a bunch of Si Woos and hope to hit lightning in a bottle. Well, I mean, we just talked about it with Grio. There's gimmies at the President's Cup. Just take Grio with you. Yeah, he would be the best. I mean, he'll be getting points like, you know, as long as the, they don't make him put it out, forget it. He's just going to be 9-8 and eight style. Uh, any interest in the other guys here? Because it feels like we've concentrated around Scheffler, Harmon, Connors, and Grio. Some combination of those. I like Scheffler and Connors the best of them. But you also have Fratelli and Henley and Von Taylor. Von Taylor plays this tournament every year, if that does anything for you. I mean, Von Taylor is the type of guy, and we don't talk about I'm getting on your level. We're not talking about cash games. I might look to him in that setting, though. Fratelli is, is interesting just because his stats to me there's a lot of variance within all of them. We've seen some big putting performances. We've seen pretty bad irons, but then when he gets going with the irons, he gets on fire. Uh, you know, the short game can come and go. He's a good driver of the ball pretty consistently. So when you have that much uh, up and down, I actually try to embrace that in certain spots because it means that if he connects, really good things for happen. And we saw that at John Deere. Von Taylor might not be the worst play looking at this. Yeah. He, hasn't, he hasn't missed a cut since the Heritage like he almost made it to the tour championship and he's played this tournament for the past five years. He has a top 10, two top or three top twenties and another T 26. Like he's been pretty consistent here, man. I, I'll say this, you know, I, I looked at a little of Von Taylor, but I, I kind of glossed over him. I'm stunned to see how many finish, you know, I know he made a lot of cuts, but he actually has some pretty decent finishes in terms of grabbing some placement points for you. I'm uh, throwing him on. I'm putting the star next to his name. He actually rates out third in the modeling. Well, here you're really Harmon Von Taylor. This is going to be some team. Uh, <laughs> God, yeah. I, I mean, we know Von Taylor is consistent with the irons. He's that type of player. He makes his putts. I just in in shootout tournaments, I always feel like he can't go low enough, and that may be misguided because clearly he's he's playing some really quality golf. Yeah, the uh, the overall upside of him winning might be lower than a lot of these guys. The only one that we haven't really touched on here is JT Poston, who got the win at the Wyndham. That I, he just he's gonna fall by the wayside for me here. I just like 
I can't, obviously you can't play everyone. I can't even play all the guys that I like in this range, let alone a guy I'm pretty indifferent on. Same. Um, you know, that was Benny Yon's tournament to win just no dice, but Poston's a guy I, I'm a big fan of his. I just, it's not, I honestly, even though I I'm frustrated by him, I think if I had to, I would play Grio over him in this spot. All right, 8K range. You mentioned Aaron Wise already. Aaron Wise, he is $8,500. He's one of the, he's probably the best like player pound for pound in this range besides Siwoo and Luke List, obviously. But he's the guy that you're going with here? Absolutely. A big year from Aaron Wise. Uh, hopefully I'll be like Drew Matthews. And then when he just dominates this year, I'll look a little smarter than I am. But this is someone you can lean off the tee. We know it was a weird year for him, kind of disappointing, but he made the cut in all the majors. So I'm not exactly sure what that tells you. He can putt a uh, guy, you know, Bermuda splits, no problem. So 8,500, I was pretty stunned to see him down in this range. I think he's clearly the best player uh, down here, and I have no problem with him in any format. Denny McCarthy gained over 10 strokes putting at this event last year. Now, he is legitimately one of the best putters on earth. Can you go to him here just knowing that you have to bank on his putter? Like, is it is he sort of like the anti-Luke list? Be like, man, if this is the week that he can, like, hit an iron, he's going to win. There are some guys, you know, that was the the Bo Hostler strategy, and it never materialized because it was just like, well, he's gaining seven strokes putting every week. So he just needs to be flat zero. Uh, and But I don't think I can go there. I will say he came from the grave last week. I... I thought he had a 0% chance to make the cut after Thursday. And he just, he can get crazy hot and it's because he can putt so well. It's just a tough ask when you know, you got to gain 10 strokes putting to hang in. Uh, how about this guy? Uh, he's missed the cut twice at this event, uh, but he hasn't played it since 2015. I believe he was 19. He played this event in 2013. He must've been like 16 years old, but uh, he goes by the name. See, woo, Kim. He has a top five at Valero. He's won the Heritage. He has a top five at the Wyndham. This course kind of speaks to him, and he's gained on approach in three straight events, which is an amazing amount of consistency for Siwoo Kim. It is, because he before that he had lost for, like, months straight. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's tough. You know, Siwoo is the ultimate. I You've coined this. I, I'd rather bet him than play him. Um, it's just so tough. He's not a good putter. Uh, he can I be, though. He can be. You're right. There is a lot with him, and that speaks to how crazy he goes. He has a lot of top finishes and a lot of missed cuts. I will say, not to talk out of both sides of my mouth, when you asked earlier about, you know, with the new cut rules, this is the type of guy I'm a little more apt to take because, you know, you know the boom-bust nature of him, the, the harder the cut is when you're getting paid off anyway, and it's hard to get 6-6 six six through, it can be really lucrative if he has one of his big weeks. So... I may look, it's just so hard to trust this guy when you have no idea what you're getting. The problem is like, you know how I enjoyed to bet list and see woo every single week. They're like 40 and 50 to one this week. That, yeah. That, in this, in this that's no fun. No, no. You got to get more egregious than that. When we we'll, we'll find some real sickos towards the bottom. Oh, I've got some for you, but okay. Cameron champ feeling the good vibes. No, not even remotely. Just no, I am. Oh boy. I hope people just don't dig into how he won and play him again here, but can I say any Bronson Burgoon? Eh? 19th last week gained across the board. Not bad off the tee. Makes Not a ton a of birdies. Putter. Makes a ton of birdies. A ton of birdies. Outscores his placement points consistently. 
Yeah, but this is starting to feel like a dead range. Like, if I'm going with Wise, like I presume most people are going to do, I haven't projected right now on a Monday at 17%, which is by far the highest of anyone in this range. It's him and Kyle Stanley are the two that people are going with. Maybe with Burgoon, I'll put I'll put a star next to his name, and if I end up playing, like, 20 lineups, maybe he can be in, like, three of them or something like that, but... I, I don't know. Like I think I'd like Stanley a little bit more. I just I don't like this range at all. The only like good crossover corollary guy is Party Marty Laird, but he's just too expensive. Yeah, Party Marty is All these is guys little... are too expensive. I mean that's what we're gonna get in a field like this. I, I know that you kind of have to say, you know what, everyone is overpriced because that's what we're dealing with. But Martin Laird is n- a very very poor putter uh that's a tough ask for me but a lot of these guys you know when i'm looking at this range the only one Wyndham clark who is an anomaly because he can't hit irons good off the tee great putter i'm not sure how i feel about him on this week either though i i'm kind of off of him like if stanley could drain a few putts he's actually striking the ball in credit he's basically the minor league version of grio right now i mean stanley long term you know he's one of the better if not the best player in this range uh it's just he's never been a strong player short game putting that's what you're gonna get but as we i know it's repetitive but if you're gonna omit one thing that's the thing that can be corrected on any given week just by random chance uh 7k range i think that there's actually some really nice value here like all of the guys we just talked about who are like seven and or seven hundred eight hundred dollars more streelman seventy nine hundred dollars even at 75 to one i just think that's an incredible value for him like he should do really well here harris english too who came out of nowhere for a third place finish actually rates second in this field on par fours from 400 to 450 yards and the guy relies a lot on his putter yes but the guy needs to get his torch card back here yeah, Harris English was a name that I didn't know he was in the field last week uh, until it was far too late. So this is where we're going to start getting into those names. But I have a guy in this range that I like a, a pretty good amount. Munoz? Uh, who? Is it Munoz? No, not Munoz, no. Uh, he's playing good, though. I have to admit, it's Matt Jones. Oh, I was. You're, you're, we're reading the same tea leaves here this week, pal. He, he was great last week, ball striking. Yes, he was. Uh, if you want your Valero, you know, he's played well there consistently, gaining across the board. And he's kind of just, you know, it's not that he's a great putter, but he can he can turn it on. Um, and he's a he's a good putting performance from really getting in the mix. Uh, 7,600, no problem with him at all this week. Here's, you, are you ready for the cold water on this one? Oh, you're going to ram a Matt Jones parade? What? What's yeah. wrong? So he's actually played the Sanderson Farms the last three years. You know what his best best result is at the Sanderson farms against weak fields. Miscut. I don't Mi- know. Is he made it? M- miscut is his best performance. Oof. What is going on? What, why is he not good here? Sanderson farms. Uh, huh? I- That's a, but you know what? I obviously that I, do I like to see that? No, but I, that is, if I like a guy and I think that he fits the course and I do think Matt Jones fits it. I'm willing to overlook that unless there's something that you can't quantify of why he doesn't like this track. I think he sets up great at, at a really reasonable price tag. Yeah. If you're thinking about playing Warinsky, it's not the worst idea in the world. Just know that he lost uh, strokes in all three facets of T to green and did all of his work putting last week. That yeah, it's not the formula tough to keep up with. Well, any shots of going back to cam Tringali? <sighs> I mean, I do think the the one positive is maybe some of the shine as 
washed off a bit and he won't be he's just been so overowned that it's really difficult for me to get there but Tita Green it was not good last week he, he was not really it was an uneventful you know middling finish he did make the cut so I'm indifferent to the play but I, I hope that the ownership starts to creep back down Back in the day, when we first started doing shows together at your old website, there was one guy that we played every single week because people hate his guts, uh, and it always just killed his ownership, and he was actually quite a good DraftKings player. Grayson Murray's starting to play better. Oh, I've been, yeah, I mean, Grayson has just been, he was withdrawing all the time, he wasn't around. Talented guy. Uh, Yeah, say what you want about him off the course, fair enough, of course, but he's certainly got some upside, and we used to play him nonstop, and last week, couldn't put a luck lick, but he did make the cut. I'm definitely going to be buying Grayson uh, until I think his price adjusts because to me, he should be more certainly in the 8K range in a field like this because I, I, I'm i a Grayson guy on the course. Uh, he can really drive the ball and no problem with him here. Do you like him here or are you just saying that in general? No, I actually do like him here. I hope he can make a few putts this week. So, so far yeah, we got yeah. Streelman for me, English. I like Streelman more than I like English. Uh, Murray, Matt Jones. And I just I highlighted Robert Streb. <laughs> I don't really know why, but like his odds value is off from his pricing. I like I haven't looked at his course history, but I assume he just this is one of those tracks where he just plays really well all the time. Let's see, eighth and twenty sixth and two starts. He has two top tens in his past five starts as well. Streb is yeah. I mean he, he's a guy who got got his card last week was another one of his big courses. To me, you know, I, I don't really have a strong take on him, but I did find myself when I was in that range to go to another guy who's a little off the beaten path, and it's Roberto Castro, who also really likes this course. Um, you know, he's got a little Wells Fargo correlation in there, which stood out to me. Not, not a good putter, and really, you know, it's questionable how his form has even been. You know, he's been bouncing around, but he has made some cuts in a row. So I looked at him at 7,400. Yeah, I used him last week, so I was tracking him pretty hard. The guy couldn't hit an approach all week. Like he bailed for for a normal like crappy putter. He bailed himself out on the greens and just and then on the weekend he just kind of went away. So I, I'm kind of Streb. I'll probably be out on your main man, Bill Haas, is seventy five hundred. Bill Haas, <laughs> Bill Haas could not put. Talk about not being able to putt last week. Uh, it was bad. I I don't know about old Bill. He needs to start getting it back in order and make some putts because the rest of his game is a little dicey these days. So the sad. only other uh, sad, um, do I go back? Seb Straka really ruined my best lineup last week. So I'm kind of mad at him, but do we just keep rolling him out here? Like he, he pops like every third week. Of course. Cause he's such a good ball striker. He killed my best team was a five or six with him as well. Very frustrating. I thought he was going to get in it. <laughs> It's tough with him. I mean, the ball striking has kind of actually cooled off a bit. Off the tee, he gains. I mean, it's like automatic. Uh, but he's a bad scramble. That's the thing that really worries me is if his irons are just a little off, and they've kind of been a little off, it really shows. It highlights some of these guys' deficiencies uh, around the green. So I worry about him. And then I do look. You've got Doc Redman right next to him. Your boy, Lanto Griffin, who... Uh, I have no idea what to make of him. And then Robbie Shelton, who, who's got ties to the area and certainly played fantastic last week. One of the main reasons that I ended up on Shelton last week, just because he's so good with wedges in his hand, that if you get to a course where the, the majority of approach shots come from like 100 to 150, that he's going to be in play because he's so good with those clubs and measuring off that 
distance, but he's not super good once you get longer away from the hole. He's a really good driver of the ball, so that will help him here. He's actually quite a good putter, but I'm going to be off him this week. Redmond was actually the other guy that I was looking at with Straka, and like you look at their around the green numbers, and they're abysmal, but they're really, really, really good ball strikers that maybe you don't put them both in the same lineup, but I think they have substantial upside here for the price point. Definitely have some upside. They can score, you know, Doc Redmond's a talented guy. Another one, I was really impressed with him at Wells Fargo, and then he fo- followed it up uh, at Rocket Mortgage. So I looked at him, and I played him a bit last week, and he was great tee to green, just very quiet with the flat stick. Um, I'm willing to embrace those type of guys. I mean, once we get below this. I got a guess. I got, I got some guys. I want him. I looked really closely, and it was a long time ago, last time he played here. I looked at Peter. If Peter Uline can correct somehow off the tee, I could see him being okay here. That's all I'll say. Remember when he was going to be awesome? Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember. I was, I'm was. i a huge Peter Uline guy. Fertelli bailed me out. He finally won uh, to give me a little credit or, around uh, these parts. But Peter Uline has been just – all the he's been passed by like 30 other Oklahoma State guys since he came out so he he needs to get it going so the very bottom I might maybe I won't take anyone in this upper $7,000 range I do like a bunch of guys down here like Joseph Bramplett is that his name you can tell how much I know about this guy Bramlett he was 14th last week uh gained putting approach and off the tee bat around the greens I don't know a ton about him, but I think that's somewhat interesting. Then you have Mark Hubbard, who legit just gains with his irons all the time. He's like the new Chesson Hadley. <laughs> Chesson Hadley's in this in this field, but yeah, he's not good at. He's like the he's like the old Chesson Hadley. He is in the old. Ch- you don't want to do that. I'll, Joseph Bramlett, uh, shockingly, and I didn't play that many teams. I had him last week. Uh, he was one of, my, one of my lone bright spots. He's a guy that he had a his back issues has kept him out for like years and now apparently he's healthy pretty consistent across the board I'm not sure I chase it but he is a name that I've kind of seen you mentioned Hubbard I don't know what to make of that Patrick Rogers is there as well at 7100 yeah Bermuda specialist Patrick Rogers did all of his work on the greens last week like always like I don't think the rest of his game is up to it but at 7,000 like I'm going back to Landry again he had one bad round he didn't even lose ball strike he just couldn't make a putt uh, and he rebounded nicely the next day and then couldn't make a putt again. The guy sucks at putting. We know this. But he's won Valero. He ranks out eighth in the stats this week. He's $7,000. I'm going to give him another chance. Him and Harry Higgs. Harry Higgs. Let's get that guy in. <laughs> Harry Higgs is uh, – he looked pretty good. I don't know anything about him. Um, first time I've seen him was last week. So we'll see. No love for J.J. Spawn. I really thought you were going to bring him up. Now can't do it. So here's the thing with Higgs. He was 19th last week, gained everywhere besides around the greens, gained a ton off the tee. And then dating back to the web, his past seven web results, uh, including the playoffs, before coming on tour here, 11th, 23rd miscut, 1st, 22nd, 3rd, 11th. Like, the guy's pretty good. He's definitely got some talent. You know, he was – when the Corn Ferry graduates came out – Obviously, there's some names that I knew, Scheffler and Hovland, but I, I did dig and we had some content on the site about, you know, these newcomers and Harry Higgs and Bramlett were two guys that I kind of gravitated a little towards uh, in terms of maybe able to hit the ground running. So flat 7K, no problem. I'm with you, though, Andrew Landry. And for me, Spawn, I'm diving in on Spawn. I had him last week, couldn't putt. I think if he's healthy, he, he's a steal at 7K. I didn't realize he gained almost 
He gained over yeah. five strokes on approach last week. Wow. Yeah, he, he was doing some things. He just couldn't really putt. Now, it didn't materialize to anything uh, score-wise, but it's a guy, you know, swing season, he's had some success. I know different courses, but last year he was on fire during the swing season. So I'm taking a stab with him. I can see it. I'll put the put the star next to his name and figure that out later when I cook up my cheat sheet here. Maybe I'll play 150 lineups this week. We like everybody. This is great. Great fire. Yeah. So the sub $7,000 level, the 6Ks, I'll just tell you the guys that I have highlighted right now. I like Brian Stewart here. Not a ton, but this is a perfect course for his skill set. Uh, and he's really good on Bermuda all the time. Probably my favorite play at 6600 bucks, the Gim Reaper, Doug Gim. He's just good. Like he's Talent-wise, he's better than all these losers. Uh, yeah, that's that's one way to put it, and it's hard to argue uh, yeah. with that. He was, I believe, he was sixty four hundred with Shelton last week, and his price barely moved. So, talent wise, he's down there. It's a obviously, it's an ugly range. Jack, Jack, or, sorry, Zach Schuster or Shucker, Suture. Oh, that guy, Suture, whatever yeah, his name. I'm, pl- is. I'm playing him too. He's sixty six, hardly newer. But I actually, we added Ben Martin to this board so you could talk about him. That's, I appreciate that Bermuda. You don't get the name Bermuda Benny for a reason. Um, Just healthy, ready to roll. I wouldn't recommend playing him to be honest, but uh, I really hope that he can get back in form because that guy's the man. Any love for the Boz 6,600? Not a ton. Let's go back to Ben Martin for a second though. You want to hear some Ben Martin stuff? Why do you think I'm on the show? That's the only reason I'm here. Hit me. So he's played this event, uh, three of the past five years he's made the cut every single time and he's made four of his past five cuts on the corn Ferry tour as well huh huh no uh-oh. the wheels are in motion here i god ben martin maybe if i make enough teams i have a flyer i, I will say that doug Gim to me is clearly the better play now the ownership is going to reflect that so I don't, I don't know if it will is the thing because i thought that sheldon would end up being very highly owned last week and that just wasn't the case See, I always think that people, when they, maybe I'm wrong, but it's just like Doug Gim, we've seen him a little more than Shelton. He had some experience, you know, Byron Nelson and whatnot, but. We saw, we saw him at the I, Masters that one year when he made yeah. a nice run as an amateur. And he made like nine hole out Eagles. Was that at the Masters? Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, so that sticks in people's minds. Um, boy, this is, Patton Kazire has just been so bad, but he's another, I'm just looking for dangerously hot putters. Like I got like I have Gim right now, and obviously it's early in the week, but I have him lower projected in ownership than Henrik Norlander. Like yeah, five percent. Like who cares? No, and that's that's a good point to you know to clarify for people. There's gonna there's always you know quote unquote chalk at every range, but it's relative to the price point. Like these guys, no one's gonna garner a ton of ownership uh, in these levels, so you can kind of pick and choose. There's a guy, and I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get to him. I'm just going to throw him out because he's such a good putter. His name's Chase Seifert. Um, oh, he, he popped at, I want to say Rocket Mortgage. Was that where it was? This dude just gained. Travelers. Travelers he popped. Matrix putting. Just <laughs> pencil him in for plus five strokes game putting. Other than that, it's pretty dire. But, yeah, he's done some work at Travelers. That's really all I see. Did not make the cut last week. But it, again, if you're talking about guys that already start a leg up traditionally with the putter, we know it's fluky, but he's a guy. Yeah, I'm going to be out on that. The only one I can yeah. see, pu- the only one I can see pushing double digits from the 6K range is Hank Lebiota. 
Yeah, I mean, Hank Lebiota, especially now, again, what this cut does, everyone is like, oh, man, I need the guys who, who just, you know, can make cuts. They're going to be tending. You see someone with the string, uh, the ownership is going to follow. So I'm trying to be – I'd rather have a guy who missed like Andrew Landry, who missed on the number step Straka style. What's the difference, honestly? It probably mitigates the ownership. Um, man, I'll tell you what, of all my plays last week, Sean Stefani was by far the most disappointing. I thought he was a great play, and he was so bad last week. I'm trying to look up the numbers on Michael Naismith, inventor of basketball, that he, I feel like he won recently. I might be making that up. but Who? Is it Michael Naismith? Maybe I have. I don't even know who you're talking about. And I say that a lot joking. This time I actually don't. Oh, Matthew. Matthew Naismith. Naismith. Sorry. That, that, that's okay. my bet on that one. Matthew Naismith is $6,400. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, he's coming off a, a yeah. miscut because that's what he seems to do. But he won three weeks ago in the Corn Ferry playoffs. Like, I think he, he's just really good tee to green and can't putt. I think that's his MO. Hmm. I mean, it is important at this time of the year, you know, make sure yeah. if you're doing digging to look at those corn, fair, you know, Tom, Tom Lewis, who's not here. He's on the other side of the world already, but those guys, you know, it was important for me to see who, who was doing some work and who's playing well leading up to the swing season. So on the corn fairy tour last year in ball striking for the season, Will Zalartos or whatever the fuck you pronounce his name. He was number one. Uh, Matthew Naismith was number two. Scotty Scheffler was tied with him for second. Scott Harrington, Joseph Bramlett. Uh, then you have like Norlander, Cameron Percy, Chase Seifert, uh, and Zach Schuster or Chucker. Hardly newer. Is that what we're going with? Jack, Zach Shucker. That is not a good That's- word. That is not a good name for me to say. Zach S. Bo Hogg, 18th. Harry Higgs, 20th. There's so many guys. Um, I'm going to play the, I'm playing this Naismith guy. I'm doing it. (laughs) Good. Yeah. You play, uh, yeah, the godfather of basketball there. Um, No love for Maverick. I mean, I know he's the big pedigree guy. He blew up around the green. That's what killed him on Friday. Uh, 6,400. I was out last week. I'm eventually going to buy just because, you know, I do think he's talented. I'm not sure this is the spot, though. We're reaching the point with Maverick McNeely that he's like Ty Tryon. That like everyone just, (laughs) if his name wasn't Maverick, people would not care about him whatsoever or think that he's good. Oh, yeah. I I can't argue. I'm certainly guilty of that. You have a sick nickname or a really cool first name like that. Uh, You know, and he's got the Oracle stuff going on. He definitely gets some, some bump from that, but... You know, wasn't he like former number one at one point though? Yeah, yeah, like he was awesome. Like people thought Curtis that Wolf people style. thought, yeah, people thought that he was going to have basically the career that Hovland and Wolf and those guys were going to have. But it just seemed like that particular like pocket of golfers in between the Spieth Thomas year and then all the way up to like this new class. I'll throw Neiman in there too because he's only twenty. But like Wolf, Hovland, Neiman, those sorts of guys. Like that three year, all those amateurs kind of stink. It's sad because those are my guys, Curtis Luck and the gang. Um, Pan is probably the best one of them all. Where's he? Yeah, I'd he's love a, to see him here. I think he's overseas. Oh, or just not playing. Who's uh? You know anything about this? You know, I Googled this guy and it said he's the Chinese bad boy. Zing Zoom Zhang or whatever his name is. <laughs> he's the, he, this dude? He, he got suspended for something. I remember that was the one like, thing that I remember. Yeah, that's all I know, too. Apparently, like, repeated cheating over there. So, <laughs> hey, listen, I want guys in my lineup that are trying to cheat to win. I want the yeah. Ed, I want the Eddie Guerrero of golf. 
Yeah, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying style. So he's the uh, he's bringing some swagger to the 6K range. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the only other one, I guess two we could talk about. One is Braden Thornberry, who just, you want to talk about a guy who putts on Bermuda? He's the guy who putts on Bermuda. He's the guy, that's the St. Jude's guy, right? Uh, I think it's, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is the St. Is it St. Jude? It's one of those stupid events. Yeah, yeah, I just clicked into it. He, yeah, nine. He gained eight and a half and nine strokes uh, putting. So there you go. He's got. I don't know where he went to college. I think it's somewhere down there, though. So yeah, Bermuda splits sixty one hundred too. Which again, I'm not looking to go down here necessarily, but with fields like this that are so wide open, you can make really unique builds. Where say you like double up at the top. Um, I don't see the big difference between him at 6,100 and some of the guys we talked about towards 7K. Yeah, the only other one, and I'm glad Paul pointed this out to me because I totally forgot he was in the field. What the hell is this guy's name again? That like super young kid that everyone likes? Oh, Batia? Yeah, As- Akshay Batia? Yeah, the lefty. Oh, lefty. Maybe maybe that works here. I, don't it, quote me. What, what do it, I know? Isn't he like 13 um, years old or something? Yeah, he's not... He's. I, I don't know. He's, he's definitely super, super young. I'm not, I'm certainly not playing him. I'd much rather play Thornberry, but uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. So here's the thing. He's 17 years old. He's not going to college. He just decided to turn pro and now he's in this tournament. So he's 17 years old. This is his pro debut. He was the runner up at the 2018 U S junior amateur. And he won two silver medals at the 2018 summer youth Olympics. Okay. Uh, is he American? Yeah, he's American. He's uh, from L.A. Okay. Born Max in two, two, 2002. Yeah, that's disturbing to me. God. Yeah, it makes it makes me feel old. No, not good. Um, There's a YouTube video that calls him a golf phenom. Yeah, him and everyone else. Uh, <laughs> he's the new... It's amazing how many new guys are the big thing. So I'll keep an eye on him certainly not making my lineups uh he played the valspar last year and missed the cut like maybe he's the new tie try on hmm. maybe <laughs> there's so you know last guy and then we can talk about whatever else you want jamie lovemark is 6300 uh i know he's not certainly he's been hurt and whatnot do you have any try to like buy low on him his stats weren't terrible last week he just didn't make the cut yeah, it's he actually gained across the board in every single stat, which makes no sense. The fact that he missed the cut, but yeah, I don't get that either. When you go that low, like when the cut is minus four, then you can theoretically finish like minus two and actually have a pretty good week slightly in all the different aspects. I love, love Jamie Lovemark. I always liked him better in California. Maybe uh, in two weeks' time at the Safeway or next week at the Safeway, that's the time to look at him. Okay. Yeah, you get the USC. Justin Sue is another. He's a Trojan, I think. So you can look to those guys maybe when we get to the West Coast. Okay, so the the guys that I have highlighted. Inventor of basketball, Matthew Naismith. Right at the top. Who who spells his name capital N-E capital S, which is just ludicrous, but I I like that a lot. Uh, It really sticks off the page. Doug Gim, the Gim Reaper. Zach Sucker at 6,600, and then a lower amount of Brian Stewart. I think those are the four guys that I'm going to play. Adam Long had a really good week. At Greenbrier, so did Scott Brown. Like, they're in the upper sixes. I just, I don't like playing those guys. Yeah, I'm not. Scott Brown is a guy I never, talk about never getting right. Um, He's good off the tee, but his, uh, I I tend to, even though I know the tour is 
you know, 20 under style. When you are so bad around the green, I always am a little apprehensive and Scott Brown really struggles with that. All right. Let's talk about probably the better event of the week since we just spent an hour talking about the Sanders and farms, uh, but the BMW championship for the European tour is going. I'm going to throw some odds out here at you. Okay. That from this is, this is the one at Wentworth, right? You can yes. see how, how much digging I've done on this. Rory. No, is, I'm with this is the one Benny on one, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Ben on has won here. I think junior Wang won here before Molinari won last year. Yeah. Um, okay. Who else? Who are the other ones? I'll just look at the winners. Molinari, Norin, Chris Wood, Bjornhan, and Rory, Matteo Montesero. Good God, Matteo Montesero. Uh, Luke Donald, Luke Donald, Paul Casey, Miguel Angel Jimenez, and Hel Cabrera are all former winners here. Uh, Rory finished second last year. Uh, Molinari won last year and finished second the year before that. So good ball strikers uh, <laughs> tend to do really well. Guys that gain off the tee, whether it be through distance or accuracy, tend to do really well here too. So you don't need to be the greatest putters in the world in order to win, it seems, unless you're Luke Donald. But Rory is the favorite uh, at, 50, at plus five and a half to one. Rom 10 to one. Rose, 14. Casey, 14, coming off the win uh, in Germany. Tommy Fleetwood, 22 to one. Stenson, 22. Fitzpatrick, 25. Molinari, 25. Finau is over there, 25 to one. That's kind of interesting. Hovland opened at 40 to one. He's already down to 28 to one. I should have bet that at 40. Lowry's 28. Matt Wallace is 28. And then you have the rest of the guys like Norin, Willett, Reed, Mateus Schwab, who's your buddy. He's playing pretty well. 40 to one. Peters is here. Raf is here. Westwood. This is a really good field. Horschel, Poulter. Really good. Ty Hatton. Yeah, Hatton's playing, Keimer's playing, Tong, Pepperell, Ross Fisher, Brennan Grace is over there. This is like a premier event. Oh, no doubt. This is like one of the best Euro. I mean, you can just, you just rattled off a big, you know, they're mostly the top Euros who play on the tour, but this field is loaded and guys like Tony Finau, Patrick Reed, uh, Reed in particular, you know, it feels like he came over a couple weeks early to get acclimated, you know, play in some events and now. Wentworth is a big deal, so. I, I want to throw this out here. Doesn't this seem like where Tony Finau would win? It, it does, just on pure narrative street. Yeah. Um, oh God, Finau, Tony. I'll say this. You know, the guys that I I like just in a vacuum, I can't bet. Because, like, you, my as you said, my buddy, Matthias Schwab was playing phenomenal. But I'm not backing him at that price in a field like this. I'm going to someone, you know, some of the guys who we've seen at least compete in big events or or winners like peters um rcb something like that rather than a guy like schwab unfortunately yeah it seems like weirdly priced for him versus all of these like really elite talents like if he was like 90 to one i think that would make more sense that's i mean he was not you know before he started this run um where he's been playing great and i've been cashing top tens with him but unfortunately not outrights uh he was he was down there he's been shot down so i don't know i mean in something like this, are you looking for you getting, I mean, if you're doing doubles and stuff, you're probably taking one of the big dogs. Or are you trying to reach for one of, uh, you know, the Thomas Detries of the world? I was thinking Sam Horsfeld or Horsefield, whatever the hell his name is. He was 15th here last year. And like, I, I kind of like him. I think it was him who just like popped up on the British open leaderboard at St. Andrews like five years ago. And I've just kind of followed him ever since. I think he's super young too. Yeah. He's 22 years old. Uh, his, pedigree. His, his latest run, he's played five consecutive weeks in Europe. He's come 49th, 14th, 43rd, 10th, and third. I know those aren't against the strongest fields, but he's 110 to one, maybe like a top 10 bet on him. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there are guys in this field that, uh, unfortunately, unlike Sanderson Farms, the win equity in this field feels like it is up top for the most part. So it's a, it's a big ask to look for some of those guys. But when you get into the top 10 type things, you know, there are some names kind of as we work down. Like I said, I mentioned Detry. Alexander Bjork is a guy he's playing. The problem with him, he just has a lack of upside. He's he making cuts over there, but he comes in 20th every week, which is a little dicey. You know what? Instead of going with Horsefield, I'm going to go with Matthew Southgate instead. He has two top 10s in his past four starts. He was 27th here last year, and he's top 10 on the European Tour in driving accuracy. And driving accuracy really does go a long way here. Well, then, you know, if you're going to say that, I got to mention, and I, I don't have the odds in front of me, but if you have the top 10 odds, I bet it would, this guy would be way down there maximilian Kiefer. you bring you bring him up every time we talk about euro yeah and it never works he's 19 he's he's 19th on the european tour currently for the new season or is this all season now this is all season um in terms of driving accuracy yeah he's he's an accurate player really crafty short game good putter he was pretty good at klm um he's a german i don't know why that's important but i'm mentioning it and he's got to be I mean, massive odds, no matter what you're looking at. He is currently 350 to one to win this event. I might throw him as like a top 20. He's made the cut three of the past four years here with a 42nd, 24th, and 27th. and was 27th at KLM last week. That's not horrible. It's not, I'm telling you, this guy, he's a good part, you know, not long, but he attacks par fives just fine with three shot style. And like, and you said, keep it in the fairway. That is what he does best. He's really good putter. Um, the game, you know, he's not the most talented guy, but I, I don't hate that if you're, and I'm talking extreme bombs, but are you, oh, Stenson is here too. Yeah. You probably mentioned him and I didn't even see it. The Iceman. Hmm. God, this is a stacked field. It really is. My it, goodness. What's with Germans and being super accurate off the tee? Like Keimer at his peak was a super accurate player. Marcel Seam, the only thing that he could do well was accuracy, even yeah, and then your boy, Maximilian, he's German, right? Yeah, so yeah, all, oh, all accuracy, high-end high accuracy players. That's what they do. Um, yeah, man, I'm telling you, he, he that's the one thing I can tell you about him is he's accurate. So, God, I'm just looking through this. Hey, Tani Hara is over here. I bet him last week. He's not good, oh, by the way. No, he's got <laughs> some issues. Um, boy, there's so the thing with Euro, it's there's so many names that just it's tough to get a read on some of these back end guys i'm not gonna reach too much but like like honestly like of the guys that we've mentioned in the skill sets it does appear to me like if you were just going on pure accuracy but like with pedigree that stenson and fitzpatrick would be the two guys yeah i mean fitz has taken down plenty of big events in in europe before he's been playing well for a while now um i have no problem with that i I wish the price was a little more but i understand where why it is where it is what about uh, my favorite Dutchman? Any uh, juice love? Oh, the juice Lutner? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I can I can tell you that Feinberg has bet Tommy Fleetwood at twenty two to one. I'm just throwing that in there. Okay, no, that's good to know. I mean, nothing wrong with that, of course. Fleetwood's a damn good player. I'm interested to see how Rom takes to the course because I believe he's never played here before. He hasn't, no, and he's been playing really well. And he tends to, like, eat up the European Tour when he does decide to go over. This is the, the, I, like, I'm actually kind of surprised Rory has won here before. But, like, he has Rory's course form here is second, miscut, first, miscut, miscut. Like, it, 
you get yourself into so much trouble if you don't, because there's tr- just trees everywhere on the fairways that, like, this is going to be a fun one to wake up and watch in the morning. Uh, even, like, before football, like, on Sunday, you can walk, wake up and watch the end of this. It's going to be kind of awesome. So it's a premier event. I didn't want to, like, not give it any time, but I just, I don't have the depth of knowledge once we get down to the David Howe. Actually, I do know David Howe, but, like, the Jacques... <laughs> I see I see the guy. Yeah. His Scrabble name would be a lot of points, whoever that dude is. He spells uh, his name K-R-U-Y-S-W. And then I can't make out the next three letters because I think it's I-J-L-K. But they're like so close together and thin, they all just blend together. Yeah, he's and I play I play a good amount of Europe. I don't know who that is. Um there's some, I mean, that's like, there's some golfers from Finland that have crazy names, uh, but I'm not in a field like this. Hey, Sharma's down here. You good, see him? Good, good for Sharma. He's good awful. For Sharma. <laughs> he used it all in, in Mexico, unfortunately, but I, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're using doubles, you're going to go with one of the big names and I might throw a couple, like you said, a T20 or a T10 on, on a couple guys that we don't see, maybe are strictly Euro players. Yeah, Kiefer is an interesting one for. I wonder what his top twenty odds are. I think those are actually, nah, they're not out yet. It's too early in the week to see the top twenties. But or Lucas A. Bear, he's another one. Yeah, even Beef. I like Beef's eighty to one, but he's been playing well and has played well here. He tends to play hard courses well, but this yeah, might be a bit too low for conditions. Him. That guy loves it. Well, this place can get, despite being tree line, can get super windy. Well, there you go. I mean, Beef. He's, he has been playing better. I, I rostered him a couple weeks ago in Europe. I'm trying to – Jazz is an excellent driver of the ball in terms of accuracy. Southgate, Fitz, Stenson, James Morrison is another one. Maximilian Kaifer, uh, Richard – oh, Victor Dubesson, top 25. Gavin Green, top 25. I This just sounds like a money pit, to tell you the truth. I'll bet Southgate yeah, – no, I'll bet Southgate and Kiefer top 20s, and I'll put an outright on Southgate for kicks. That sounds like a pretty good plan to me. And if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, you hit the smash button for the like, you leave your DraftKings handle, and tell me who you would double to who's your PGA guy, who's your Euro guy that you're doubling with. If it had to be you, who would you go with this week? I would go Scheffler and... Maybe I'll just... Should I go with... No, I don't want to go. Oh, Finau. I'll go Finau, Scheffler, double. Okay. I'm going to go Wise Rose. Wise Rose. Rose is interesting, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's a... If I had to bet one guy who I actually think is a real shot, it would be Rose. Yeah, he's 14 to 1. Yeah, I'll play that too. I'll play a Scheffler, Finau, double. I wonder what that... What do you suppose that pays, if you had to guess? (laughs) Finau, Scheffler? Yeah, they're both 25 to 1. What, What does that work out to be? I don't know, maybe like six hundred and seventy-five to one. Yeah, I was gonna say a thousand to one. So what do I know? Um, yeah, that's five, good. I'll put five bucks on that. Five I bucks. Mean, pay, was... Five bucks pays thirty-three eighty. Woo! Let's go. You remember that guy who hit the triple? Yeah, that's still the most unbelievable thing. Like I can't even hit one. How someone hit three is beyond me. I think it's just it's the week to overload on Scotty Scheffler. I think you really like him, don't you? I mean, I, I get I, it. I, I just. Yeah, I mean, he's playing just obscenely good. He just needs to make some putts. All right, so we're going to go with the Scheffler Finau. 
Uh, so I should probably call this the betting section. Uh, and I'll release my full betting cheat sheet because I'll probably add more, maybe some first-round leaders. I didn't post my first-round leaders last week. I only bet four of them, but one of them was Shelton. So I, I can't even take credit for that. My bank account can take credit for it, but that yes. would have been, been my biggest hit. Yeah, he must have been north of Andre, right? 150 to 1. That'll play. Yeah, yeah. I wish you posted that. I Maybe I would have tailed it. I did not have... Shelton first round leader, that's for sure. I'll probably go Southgate and Kiefer first round leader. Like that, that's the more fun way to play these long shots, to be perfectly honest, instead of betting them to win top 20s and first round leaders. 100% because, and I've seen this before, not, I mean, look at Schwab, and I, I, he's a definitely a, a different pedigree, but he was a first round leader a couple of weeks ago. And could he hang around for 72 holes? He hung in, but he lost. You can get lightning in a bottle for 18 holes with any of these guys for sure. So I'll go Southgate 200 to 1. Southgate and Kiefer top 20s and first round leaders, a Scheffler Finau double. That'll be my Euro plays. And from the big tour here, oh, I've already bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus six and a half this week, if people care about that. Uh, let's see, there's Jeff's bet of Tommy Fleetwood. So Scotty Scheffler, 25 to one. Corey Connors at 28 to one. Doug Gim at 175 to one and Zach Sucker at 225 to one. Matthew Naismith, 250 to one. And I'll probably play those long shot guys as first round leaders or top twenties as well. But I think that might be my entire card. I'm you kind of talked me into wise and I might go with Landry again, just cause I don't, I don't want to get FOMO with Landry after last week. I don't think I'm going to bet Siwoo or list though. Are you proud of me? You're that is real progress. Um, Siwoo paid that, himself off last year though with the each ways he had four of them list was just a disaster except for his 50 to one cash at the PGA championship I mean you're a stronger man than me because like if list won and I, for you and, and I didn't have him I'm not sure I could recover I just don't want to bet him at 50 to one in this field like he's been so horrible since coming in sixth at the PGA championship listen I root for Luke list it's like when Tiger won the Masters I didn't have any money on Tiger but I was happy to see Tiger win I was rooting for him coming down the stretch except for if Dustin Johnson just made one more birdie and made me all the monies but that would have been the other thing but I was happy Tiger won if Luke list wants to win I'm not gonna say I'm giving up on betting Luke list I just I don't want to bet him here at 50 to one but if he wins I'm gonna be happy for Luke list I love Luke list Hey, there are certain guys that was like me with Fertelli. Uh, and if Peter Uline ever wins, I will be happy for him because I probably won't bet him ever again at this point. He's unbettable. So we'll see. I do agree. 50 to one is not, I mean, you're, you're used to triple digits with him. Yeah, and like that's the same thing that I want with Siwoo. If I can't each way Siwoo, I don't want a 10 to 1 each way. And if Siwoo yeah. shoots 7 over this week, which is certainly the case, that we'll get him next week at 175 to 1 because his odds bottom out immediately whenever he has a bad round. Uh, yeah, no doubt that the swings on these guys, uh, there's a ton of recency bias. Swing season, that's what we get. So you can stay patient. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to bet Andrew Landry 125 to 1. Okay. He does some things. I mean, you, you mentioned Valero, uh, boy, I, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. You know, you said this at the beginning of the show, it does feel like the winners coming from that top tier this week. It does. That's, that's why I wanted to take two of them. I, I thought about Grio. I thought about Harmon, but if I'm going to take two guys in the twenties, like my next bet almost has to be 125. Like I would have room for one guy in between. And maybe the key to me last week, I played four guys and that was it. And I added Ryder live and I just didn't invest that much in one a substantial amount on Neiman uh, and Shelton hitting his top 20. But like, 
I don't know. I, I don't want to get back in the habit of like betting eight guys a week. I'm trying to really limit myself this week. But I look at Andrew Landry. Past 24 rounds, he rates out eighth in the stats, second in the key par four range, 11th in approach, eighth in birdies or better, second in the key proximity range, 12th overall in par four scoring. He had one bad round last week. Like, is that enough to get me off of him? His odds are worse this week than they were last week. And like 125 to one, he can win. No, he definitely can win. And I, I think the market's one way to take advantage of this new cut rule is guys missing, you know, near the number. I, I think that Andrew Landry's number would be lower if he just played the weekend and played uneventful golf. And to me, there's no better chance, you know, there's not a less of a chance of him winning because he didn't make the cut. So I'm, I'm have no problem with that. It actually entices me a little more. All right, my full betting cheat sheet will be out on my Facebook page, and I'll tweet it out on Wednesday afternoon. I'll be in Golf Digest uh, on golfdigest.com with my picks this week as well. Hot fire in that column last week as well. Uh, Like I said, last week was basically the best week I'm going to have in golf all year, and frankly, no one cared because it was the Greenbrier. So sick. NFL buried it, but nah, you got to just keep it going and make uh, swing season the big thing to, to be on. All right, my PGATour.com video will be out as well. My cheat sheet for DraftKings will be up on DKPlaybook.com. Ben, you're busy these days. What do you got going on at Osmo? Busy, busy, yeah. Obviously, we are in uh, full swing with football, and I'm doing a ton of college football content, so we have shows every day in the NFL. Um, and, you know, betting previews, college, which is a good time, and we are still pumping out golf. So with NBA coming around, we have that. If you want to sign up, we have all different packages from weekly to yearly. You can use the promo code JazzRaz. Get 50% off your first month. Uh, We'd love to have you over there because we are pumping out a ton of content this time of the year. Uh, And you can follow Ben on Twitter at JazzRazDFS. You can follow me at ThePME on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You might want to do all three because I have giveaways going at three separate giveaways going on at each of them that you would have to actually follow me to find out what those are. Smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me your favorite double of the week. I'm going Finau Scheffler. Pay 675 to one. That's a good time. Maybe I'll throw another five bucks on it. But I want to hear what's going on from you out there. Maybe I'll double them with Connors as well since I actually like him. We'll see when that cheat sheet comes out. You can also get into the $20 draw by subscribing, rating, reviewing, and downloading the Pat Mayo Experience podcast. Five-star review, DraftKings handle, something nice about the show. That's it for golf this week. We got more football coming at you every single day, plus UFC later in the week. And we'll be live on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on the DraftKings YouTube channel and my Facebook page for Sunday Live. If you want to get in, fire bets last week, so maybe we can follow it up this time around. That's with Gary and Kunst, all right? I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.